This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. On June 12, 1987, the world heard these words. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Then, on October 19th of the same year, the Dow Jones dropped nearly 22%, the largest single-day drop in history, causing a different type of wall to crumble. You know, one with the street named after it. But in the middle of these two events, there was a different viewpoint on the perspective of a wall. One begging for the wall to be put up! One to be put up around a field, and it all revolved around the Arena Football League. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step up the DeLorean, the date is August 11th. 2019. We are sitting in the stands with 12,041 other people waiting to watch the 32nd Arena Bowl. This is the championship game for the Arena Football League. The time? 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that is. And we're about a half an hour away from kickoff between the Philadelphia Soul and the Albany Empire. Now, the Albany Empire would go on to win this game 45 to 27. Up to halftime, it was it was at least close, close enough to call it a game. Then a few months later, the AFL filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. A league that lasted a little over three decades had to shut down its doors. Which brings us to this week's guest, Tim Capper. Tim has worked with an organization that covered the Arena Football League for pretty much the whole time. Jumping online on April 27th, get this, 1998, and they never looked back, including starting a podcast when basically podcasts were not even considered podcasts, starting it at the beginning of time. And speaking of podcasting, that's how I got introduced to Tim. I mean, seems how the Arena Football League folded. The best thing Tim could do was start to focus the podcast that he already had going and shifting it to the history of the league. Thus, the transformation into the AFL Rewind, the most recent edition of the Sports History Network, the headquarters for sports yesteryear. Yes, Tim and AFL Rewind are the latest, greatest podcast that you can find on the Sports History Network. And speaking of podcasts on the network, now's a good time for me to bring in another podcast on the network. Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch. He put together a great promo using the theme song for our network sponsor, Row One Sports. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, Check out the thousands more of unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Thanks, Darren, for putting that together. Maybe we'll have to go meet you in the pig pen up there someday. And no doubt, for you listening, I'm telling you, if you enjoy sports, especially the nostalgia of days gone by, well, you probably do because you're listening to the Football History Dude podcast. And I'm sure you've listened to many other podcasts over at the Sports History Network. And because we know that is you, you're going to feel like a kid in the candy store when you head over to row one. Again, the best way to get there is 
historynetwork.com forward slash row one. That's R-O-W, the number one. And it's going to take you right over to give you that sweet little 15% discount, which is SHN15. But with that, let's go ahead and dive right into this interview with Tim Capper. A, within the database, a, a this day in history pops up. Okay, so I'll have to find that on here too, because that's definitely interesting. Uh, oh, here we go. Today in AFL history. Alrighty. So cool. So today in AFL history, a uh, fight breaks out on the field during the Chicago. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, this is a cool little feature. So, how did you guys build something like this? Is it like, how does the back end work? The back end is so ancient at the moment. I mean, the, the, the coding really needs to be updated. It's like 10 years out of, uh, but uh, uh, David Carlson is the mastermind behind the coding in the back end uh, the, of the database. And uh, it was just a, because I wasn't, I wasn't around for the, for the initial talks when it came to what they were going to put in the back end. It's just a matter of, I was along after that and what we were going to add and stuff like that. And, but it's, I, I think it's just a matter of, they want to, at the time, it was whether you were a part of the league or not, whether you're a fan at that time or not, they just wanted to be able to pop up something that we felt, because something that we at, at the arena fan staff entered into the database, was we felt that would be interesting to the fans. So it's little tidbits like that. All the arena bowls are in the database. Major milestones for uh, for when it comes to records and stuff like that. And a couple little tidbits too, like, because uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Chicago Times, or was it the, it was the Times that were really the two newspapers that really covered the league because it was, I guess, tie into who Jim Foster knew, et cetera. And you know, they would post certain things like uh, as an example, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I think it was a, a couple of days prior to the league starting what the team names were, were going to be for the Pittsburgh Gladiators if they had not been the Pittsburgh Gladiators. So they had a listing of all the final, final names and I'm glad they went with Gladiators. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty cool name. And that's what I have talked to Kyle Smith from the USFL. Uh, what's it called? The USFL project where they're trying oh, yes, to preserve. Yes. So you'd say, you know, okay, so good job. Very good. And the, I, I brought it up with him. Like all these offshoot leagues always have so many cool, different, unique team names versus just mm-hmm. the standard. I mean, I go with the Lions because that's where I'm from and everything. But I always found that pretty interesting. So you kind of got, got me into it. I got to dig down here for you. You're going to be the first one. You're the first one. Okay, so first of all, there's this DeLorean, right? That Everybody yeah, gets to ride the DeLorean. Great Scott. Great Scott. And then the other thing you get to do is 1.21 gigawatts, right? And I found this recently. So this is an energy drink that I found at FYE. Or FYE. It's uh, 1.21 gigawatts. We're going to go That's 88 funny. miles an hour. I already drank this sucker, so it's gone. But now we can pour it into the DeLorean so you and I can go back in time together. Excellent. And let's go back to the beginning. What is the arena fan... When did it start and why did it start the mission first, of it? First, I have to get out. Whoa, dog, that's heavy. Um, <laughs> why is everything so heavy in the future? It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrong with the Grand's gravitational pull. <laughs> okay, sorry. Enough references. We could go on all day, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so the, the the beginnings of the AFL, right? Or, or, did you say, or did you say arena fan? I can't remember. Let's start off with the actual arena fan. Well, for the reason why I brought you on the show and how we found about your, your, your work, and then we'll move into the AFL history okay, a little okay. bit. Well, Arena Fan was started by um, Kevin Scheller, and it was originally done as him and John Ferlazzo and, and David Carlson, uh, Joe Kaufman. It originally was started as, as it would way back when, as a, a newsletter that was actually sent out to fans of the Arena Football League. And from there, did, did it morph? Yeah, and then it morphed into what was one of those uh, email lists that you could join. Whether you got, you know, the uh, somebody po- posted something. It's funny, back then that was posting. Uh, posting something and 
it was, you know, you got it right there and then and entered the, the whatever the thread may be, or you got it in the digest form. That's how it morphed to that. And then I think that the big idea was, you know, let's, let's create a website. So it was basically converted into uh, what arena fan was um, a lot of, of, and, and I'll be honest with you. It was a time that I knew of the AFL, but I wasn't really, I was, wasn't in heavily involved in it as much as I was. Arena fan was launched April 27th, 1998. And if you actually head over to the website, we were actually able to go back in time and find the original press release that was posted about the launch. And obviously the site is not what it currently is now, but um, it launched from there from day one. It had the message boards uh, it had the coverage that it always ha- always has had for the 20 plus years, box scores, uh, logos, and even we were the first to have fantasy football. We were the first to have fantasy mm-hmm. football when it comes to the arena football league. So uh, started back, I think almost, almost immediately. And then from there, the, the site, the site grew, it grew in name, it grew in stature uh, we've had, you know, many writers that have gone on to be general managers of teams. We've had, uh, we actually had one writer who went on to become a mayor of of a city in the U.S. So it has it's just gone from there. So it's, Rain Fan made its name, ruffled some feathers, <laughs> but we still kept true to what a true media organization was, no matter how much. We may have been called a blog or just a website. <laughs> so we were always put up our, you know, it was always standards as any, any regular reporter would. If something was to break, we'd always have two different sources in which we would have to prove that this, this story was true. And then we'd run with it. So we, we kept that, you know, those are the standards that the site kept up, you know, kept to. And, and you know, then we added podcasting in 2001. You know, it, it did what it did for, for the entire history. And even the, today, even with the league folding in 2019, uh, it was uh, transitioned over to historical sites. for So everybody can remember and see what the AFL was. Yeah, I mean, you guys got, you jumped into technology pretty early as far mm-hmm. as like, you know, internet and podcasting. Geez, you're podcasting right at the beginning. Was it even, it, it had to have not looked the same at that point in time, I would imagine. Oh, no, no. I, I'm trying to remember. I think at the time, it, it, the idea was kind of, you know, the inception of the idea for a podcast was kind of done when I, I think we were invited on, was it, it was a, another show. And I think it was on broadcast monsters i think i'd have to go back and see if i could check in the archives if it was broadcast monsters but from there in 2000 i I think um i i don't know how it became but i i became the host of afl tonight uh which was i tried to keep it as being a weekly show during the season um which expanded into to other show offshoots of the actual show itself, but it was usually kept in season. And that ran up and, you know, I, I did that up through the, the demise of the league itself. So, and then I myself morphed into another podcast or to an historical podcast, which is now AFL Rewind. So I've gone through many programs just to tape the show, going back and listening some of the, to some of the archives of my, because originally it was just myself. And just listening to the archives of myself, it was like, man, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can relate. I'm sure everybody that's a podcaster or anybody that records themselves can relate to. And speaking mm-hmm. of AFL Rewind, before we go any further, yeah. the latest, greatest addition to the Sports History Network, AFL Rewind. Get your uh, Arena League history there and you can always put a, a little bit of a twist to that for me because you can explain what your, your mission of the AFL Rewind is more here for us too. Yeah, AFL Rewind, uh, and you know, when we heard that the league was going under, I I knew 
you know, I, even though we had interviewed players during the season and, and maybe getting a little bit of their backstory, um, I always knew that there are were stories that were never told or that could could be told. Because as as I've been told many a time by people who I've interviewed, not all stories can actually be mentioned out in the open. You know, I, we joke that the, that those would be left for, for the book, for books that they're going to write. But there are always stories that can be told from the AFL from whatever perspective, from a player's perspective, executive perspective, referees, mascots, cheerleaders, whatever it may be, there are always stories to be told. And I felt that those stories needed to be get out into the open. And that's that's really what was my push to, to transition over to AFL Rewind, get these stories out so people can actually hear them. And as all, I always say, if you can learn one, even if you're a lifer, if you can learn one new thing you knew that you did not know about the AFL, then we have done our job. So you're, you're talking about these different stories that, that had to be told. So far in the life of the AFL Rewind, since you've transitioned over, mm-hmm. if you could only, if you could, what's the one story that, I mean, obviously there's more, but one story that blew you away, like, oh, I never knew about that. Um, I've always been a guy who likes to, I've been a uniform guy. I've been a logo guy. It, you know, it's, it's kind of been my obsession. You know, I like to, when it comes to the aesthetics, when it comes to teams and stuff like that, or names, uh, my first team was the Albany Firebirds. Um, that's a team that ran from uh, 1990 to 19, uh, to 2000. Um, and to hear the, to actually speak with the, the gentleman who was part owner of the team back then, just to hear the, how the team was actually formed, how the team name actually came to be. Was there a name that the team possibly could have been? It's Joe O'Hara not only became, you know, was an owner, but also became the commit one of the commissioners of the arena football league. And it's, I think it was just, and it's hard to just describe the interview in one, you know, general sentence in a cliff notes version, but to hear a former commissioner, be able to talk about when he was an owner of the Firebirds, how he took the founder of the league and the creator of arena football, Jim Foster, to court and to be able to ask him questions because he, because he knew Jim so well and being able to talking with him he already knew something that would that he would be able to one question and he would win the case. And that what that what that actually was the fact where I think it had something to do with um it was player contracts and where they were signed. Cliff Notes version is is that they had stated that it was signed in one state. When in actuality, it was signed in another. So that actually made the case. And that's, that's actually what won the case for O'Hara. So it, it's probably one of my favorite episodes that I've ever, that I've taped so far in the short history of, of AFL Rewind. Right. Short history now, maybe, but for the future, you're going to have so many more and you'll have so many of these stories to share. And mm-hmm. So you said, you, you let's go back there. You kind of alluded to Jim Foster <laughs> and the founder. Let's start the history of the AFL, the Arena Football League. Well, wow, it, it, it's so expansive. I mean, uh, Jim Foster came from, uh, he, he was actually a part of the USFL. And he was also a part of the NFL, where he was part of promotion, I think promotions and marketing, if I'm not mistaken. And the whole big thing with the AFL, uh, the story is, is that he went to, I think it was a uh, North American Soccer League All-Star game and I think, I think it was in New York over at MSG. And he got the idea of, well, if you can play soccer indoors, why can't you play football? And that's where the famous uh, Manila envelope came up, where he actually doodled what the field could look like. And he came up with the idea. 
of the AFL. And this was in the early 80s. So because he got involved in the USFL, it actually never came to fruition until the the the, the you know the the mid eighties, just after that, after the USFL folded, because he had the opportunity to do it. So if if the USFL never folded, it's very possible that the Arena Football League never would have been. It's very possible. So if it wasn't for Donald Trump moving into the fall, them only getting three bucks in their infamous, you know, in the infamous court case from the, you know, from uh, the, that court case judgment, the AFL never would have been. So, and it's from there, um, testing was done on the game itself. Uh, there was a, a, a test game played in 1986. Then it went to a a showcase game, which is currently available on YouTube, which is considered by many AFL fans as the grail game for the AF, for AFL fans because it had it had been basically hadn't been unearthed and or seen in thirty plus years. And then after that game in February of, of nineteen eighty seven, the 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 league started in. Uh, in uh in late in yeah mid to late to 1987 so yeah in june june or july of 1987 so yeah i mean it lasted a long time i mean yeah considering all the other football leagues that folded after so so many years so mm-hmm. what when they first started you said he this f- famous manila folder I just, I, i've never even heard of this story either but when he drew it up was it originally with the walls around it or did that come later he actually used, if I'm not mistaken, it was just a, a basic shape of what a hockey rink would be. Um, I have actually heard that arena football almost wasn't called arena football. And, and I'm so glad they didn't go with this name. Um, they originally called it hockey football. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> it, no, it just, sort of doesn't ring well. Um, but um, yeah, he had an idea of rebound nets, and and you know the, this is one of the most cherished things, obviously for 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 Jim Foster's memorabilia is this envelope. It even had uh, at the short period of time that the AFL actually had a display at the uh, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there was a, a recreation of that manila envelope that they had there. So it, it's available. I mean, you can, it, there are a couple pictures floating around on, on Getty. And I think if you do a, a Google search, it would, it, it would pop up of, of Jim holding his manila envelope, a couple of SI articles too, if I'm not mistaken, because they, SI did a, a story on the AFL and the, uh, the very first few weeks uh, that the, that the league uh, existed back in, in 1987. She so said his archive. Is this something that that's still in a collection that the family owns or something? Oh yeah, supposedly he has uh, <laughs> game tapes, and I can only imagine what Jim has from game tapes to different memorabilia. To I mean, last time I talked to Jim was you know I think it was almost a, a year ago. Again, he he referenced that you know he has uh, storage lockers. Um, of stuff that's currently just sitting there, including game films. And it's like, and as everybody knows, game films and heat usually don't mix, especially these days. So, um, <laughs> I, it's something that he currently has in, uh, in Des Moines, Iowa. Will it, any of it ever be seen? It's a very good question. I hope it will, but I know there are, there's a lot more people who were involved in the executive at that time that have just as much. Um, but I think when it comes to the, the grails that many fans may want to see it's in Jim's possession. <laughs> so he's, I saw somewhere when I was doing a little research, the founder, something about patented arena football league. Was that just a Wikipedia thing or did he actually patent no. the theory? No, no, it's not that he patented the theory. He actually patented um, the game system as they called it. Um, yeah, it, he fully patented, um, 
Pat ran out in 2010, if I remember correctly, because patents, they only last about, you know, I think it was maximum 12 years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, yeah, the Arena Football League is patented. It's under patent number 4,911,443. It was originally patented on March 27th, 1990. And, yeah, it's it expired uh, in late March of 2007. That was the anticipated expiration, but that's when it that's when it expired so no it's it's a real thing so at that time because uh, of the patent itself and i know they had it out with they were I, early on there were a few lawsuits versus other leagues and i think if i'm not mistaken one of them was the PIFL if i remember correctly um it's the PIFL or the IPFL i'm trying to remember which one it was because both of those ac- leagues actually did have those acronyms um but no league could use the rebound nets and that was one of the things that made arena football arena football were the two rebound nets on each end of the field itself uh, which acted as the goal posts and part of the, of the actual game itself so uh, because of that no league could actually use the 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 rebound nets okay so rebound nets let's dive into that you said part of the game itself beyond just catching the football you're saying yeah, yeah, because the rebound nets itself, and, and because of the way the rebound nets are, you're talking only nine feet wide on the uprights, and obviously it's double the size when it comes to a normal college NFL pro football. Um, but the rebound nets were just hanging over there. They, they they were in play. Balls could go off of them. You could catch touchdowns off of them. You could get interceptions off of them. The kicks, because of the kicks, the kicks came off of them, and that played a huge part of the game too, because if you can get a kicker, at that time, and then only it only went later on in, in the years once kickers got better. But you, if you could have a, a kicker good enough that could hit the uh, the ball off the irons, which surround the rebound nets, because all balls off the rebound nets are live, it played a huge part in the game. It's a lot different than the way that the current indoor game is because uh, that's not part of the game. Yeah, so that's one major difference from the standard, what we normally talk about on the show, the NFL. What about any other, I mean, the boards, like you said, the hockey football, mm-hmm. I already knew about the the small goal post. It's only what, 50, 60 yards, something along those lines. Yeah. What's, what's the distance? Uh, it's two, it, well, the, the, it's 50 yards where they originally was, you know, they call the, the, the war on I four, uh, sorry, the war, uh, the war on the floor. I think that was the earliest, earliest, um, a hashtag or tagline that they were using. Um, but it's uh, 50 yards uh, and two eight-yard end zones. What were some of the other unique or different type of rules or add additions to that type of a game? Um, uh, one of the main ones was being eight-on-eight eight football. And early on, um, you play... Well, it, it changed in later years, but the... Uh, uh, everybody played both ways, except for the quarterbacks and uh, an offensive specialist. So it was, and a de- and a defensive specialist too, because they, they had to switch it around. But they played both ways, so they basically played what football was back in the day, where you played both ways. Um, and I, I think one of the things which I don't know if it was a, I can't say homage, but I think it may be the the, the rule may have been borrowed slightly from the CFL where they had uh, they had forward motion before the ball snapped. So they did, that's, I think, other than that, I'm trying to think of some of the other major rules. I mean, rebound nets, uh, that, that, that's really it, I think. Yeah, I mean, to the surface of somebody that doesn't know the game at all, maybe from another country or something, they wear the same similar, you know, helmet shoulder pads all that type of stuff and they're mm-hmm. throwing a football and everything so it looks very similar but yeah when you know the game it definitely is it's a big difference and mm-hmm. I, I recently learned from oz davis on this show some of the cfl rules that i had never learned before had known about before because i've seen yeah. some you know on, at buffalo wild wings or something i'd watched a few games here and there but i never really was able to watch a game to realize what some of the differences and even the subtle differences that made a big difference 
to the overall type of uh, play style or type of player. Uh, speaking of players, so we, people like me, they all we all know about Kurt Warner, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's that's a name. So besides Kurt Warner, who are some other players that did any other ones come out of arena that ended up making a decent impact in the NFL? Uh, early on, I think one of the names that maybe people don't know about is current New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton. He hmm. actually he actually played in the league uh, in. I think it was 1988. It's either 87 and 88 or 88, 89, something like that. But he actually did play in, in the AFL. Um, uh, Oranda Gadsden, I'm sure Miami Dolphins fans will, may remember that name. Um, just been, uh, you know, there's some that, that really have gotten, you know, some some cups of coffee in the NFL, but no, really haven't made a name for themselves. You know, a lot of these guys, I felt that they were stars in the AFL, but really were not able to catch on in the NFL. Maybe they caught in and on on the CFL, but a, a lot of them were uh, a lot. And most of them were AFL lifers. So, but I mean, it's, you know, others have gone on to do some head coaching and stuff like that. Um, actually currently a uh, Matt Nagy, he is a uh, uh, head coach at Kansas city, right? Um, he, he was, he played in the AFL. Hmm. He was a quarterback in the AFL. Yeah, he's known for quarterback. He he moved down from Kansas City down to Chicago. I, I think he's still there. He's, uh, Chicago, that's, that's, that's one right. of that's right. yeah, one of our arch nemesis. Uh, I'm as a Lions <laughs> fan, so if he's if he's still there, but, and then and then Jay Gruden actually most recently okay. Jay, Jay Gruden also you know former head coach of the Washington Redskins. So th- there are some few that have made it that people may not know what their history is. Uh, when it comes to what they were before coaching. Um, but I know it's all, it's usually always brought up, even though the league didn't exist. I know they, you know, the history will always be brought up for where these guys came from. Um, but you know, again, the biggest name, Kurt Warner. Yeah. I mean, that's how, uh, so as he came into the league, I was in high school getting into it when they were winning that Super Bowl, and, Everybody knew the story, you know, the bread, the guy <laughs> serving bread and arena league champion and everything. Or no, he didn't end up winning an arena league championship. No, did he did not. He was in two of them. He lost both of them. Isn't that crazy that he had so much success at that level, but then even in the arena, granted, it's a whole team sport. It's mm-hmm. it's not fair to compare, but it's funny when I automatically thought about that, just assuming he was a champion at first because of going on to win a Super Bowl and now a Hall of Famer and everything in the NFL. Well, two-time Hall of Famer, actually. Oh, arena too, you're saying? He's also a Hall of Famer in the Arena Football League, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so. that, that's the only person then that could probably say that because you just didn't name off any other names I really recognize, so. um, There are ones that have won championships in both leagues, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, mm-hmm. The names are escaping me at the moment, but as far as I know, I think he is the only one to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and the Arena Football League Hall of Fame. And maybe we'll get a little bit more of a story when when his uh, his movie is released in uh, in December of uh, of this year. Hey, cool! You're a podcast host for me. You're, you made that easy transition. I wanted to ask you about that movie. Do you know anything about it? <laughs> Other than what I have seen, um, with the quick, uh, the, I was going to give the acronym, but behind the scenes vignette that they did that they did, he showed on his uh, on his uh, social media accounts. I, I, it's it's about his it's about his story from you know being a a guy from Iowa uh, I think getting cut by Green Bay if I remember correctly uh, stocking shelves at a well, I think it was a High V if I remember correctly which is a grocery chain in the Midwest to getting the call for play arena football to going on to NFL Europe and then. By chance and circumstance, as it usually seems to be with other greats in the NFL, Tom Brady included, one you know their starter goes down, he took over, and the rest is history. So, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> I mean, I've seen some footage, and and I'm pretty pretty stoked to see that how well they delve into history. What seems to be in the AFL. And getting 
Because you've seen some. I mean, we we saw we've seen every given every given Sunday. We've seen the, the the teams that they made up for every given Sunday, and for uh, the longest yard, I was into them both iterations. But uh, they they were spot on on the on the historical research that they did for these teams for the AFL and the the footage that I saw of the, of the three teams so far, dead on, and I'm I'm so happy to see that. Yeah, it's cool to see them actually, like you said, have historical reference that's actually accurate versus just kind of making it up. But I I saw another cool thing I didn't even think about until looking at the Kurt Warner story, but Dick Vermeil has been in two movies now, or will have been in two movies at least, because back in the, the Invincible movie, Vince Papali from uh, Mark Wahlberg, he was the coach there too when that happened. So it's just funny, a 13, 20, or 13 or 14 year difference, but he's still in there. I mean, Air quotes. He's in there. Yeah. Dennis Dennis Quaid is <laughs> I the know. new guy, and Greg Kinnear is the old one. So it's like you know that, how 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 neat is that? I just thought I don't know. It, then nothing historical football reference whatsoever. No, no. But you know, it, to, to seeing. I mean, Anna Packin is playing Kurt Warner's wife. What? <laughs> you know, it's like wait a minute. This former ex woman is playing, and in, in, okay, so. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I think it's going to be pretty cool. As I said, just the, who they got to play these people and, and who play, who's playing uh, Jim Foster. And it, it should be, it should be a, a, even though I know the story, it's still going to be fun to actually watch. It'd be like a documentary type of thing, but it's, it's, it should be fun to watch. It's just, hopefully you don't let your history cap beyond too much and try to like nitpick everything subconsciously go oh this is wrong this is you know like enjoy the oh, movie well you thing. know what I- i've seen <laughs> the uniforms that they did for the afl teams i'm happy now it doesn't matter i'm not gonna pay nitpick anymore <laughs> <laughs> there you go well speaking of uh nit- nit- nitpicking but in a different way so i this is not one of those things where i want to say hey this is going to happen because uh, hopefully it doesn't but say we're going to play a little game right not that creepy little dude on saw that little gra- the-, the weird mask but <laughs> We're, it, this is uh, okay. Your your site is an archive now, right? Because it's not it live is. anymore. It's not a living, breathing document type thing. I mean, yeah. it's living, breathing, but it's not of current events, right? So, again, this doesn't happen. We don't want this to happen. But if everything was wiped out except for and your backups too, but one feature from the website and you could preserve it, which feature would you preserve? Wow. Now, okay. I'm going to ask a follow-up to see, does Wikipedia exist if this occurs? Yes, just arenafan.com. Okay. Um, I- I'd love to say the podcast, but to be honest with you, I don't think you get a full history of what the league was. Um, box scores. Even if the whole team lists didn't show up because of how intricate the box scores are i'll say the box scores you know one thing i saw about the box scores too like it even had i guess it wasn't part of the technically the box scores but you have the attendance too and maybe <laughs> not every single game but that like where did you get stuff like every single game that happened in the regular season and postseason there really yeah how did you grab all this information it, it was just collected as a lo- you know, uh, Joe Kaufman, who is the current editor in chief of, of Arena Fan and is the owner of Arena Fan, he is uh, he was he ran a site for the for the uh, Tampa Bay Storm, it, it, and it was just a matter of actually also, um, I'm trying to remember Jim's last name, Jim. Mal- no, it's not Jim Malone. It'll it'll come to me. But there's actually a, a Canadian who was. Very intri- an integral part in some of these early, uh, you know, uh, box scores and attendances and stuff like that. To be able to get Arena Fan up to that point, because remember when when Arena Fan started, the league had already been around for a couple of years. So we had to fill in the, you know, fill in the 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 the, the information, so to speak. From there, basically, it was. Either looking at the league box scores when they became available, or or referencing uh, team sites uh, at the when maybe there's at one point where we actually got the box scores directly from the league and we're able to enter them in. So, or just historical research, you know, because not not everything's going to show up. Uh, you know, getting the getting the 
the actual from exhibition games that may have occurred prior to the league starting, you know, like for the test game and for the showcase game. We were, those numbers showed up, whether it had been in the history of the AFL books, the media guides, or through newspaper clippings and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it was a labor of love, needless to say, for everybody who worked behind the scenes. And the late, late nights, because the league, the site itself morphed in many different ways to, to, be, to be better. Yeah, I mean, that was, I don't know why I hung up on that one, but when I saw the attendance charts, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I just randomly picked a year and I went to like 1990 or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was like, to the one person to the head, the, the attendance scores were, or not yeah. the attendance scores, but the attendance is on there. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. yeah, we, as I said, we felt that we were a media site that we need to make sure because at that time, we, I think we felt that the, that the league site was not, was not giving fans what they deserve when it came to the history of the AFL and the correct history of the AFL or the updated history of the AFL. That's, as I said, it was a labor love and it was, we were making sure that, you know, I don't want to say that we were the stats of the time or any of those major media sites that kept stats, but I, I think we were that for the AFL. And we're still, and to be fair, even though the league is gone, we're still trying to improve it. Hey, another one of those cool transition moments. I wanted to ask you, do you have plans for the future for the site or the podcast or anything else in your realm? As of right now, one of the newest uh, features because of uh, the emergence of a, of a fantastic uh, site on YouTube that has housed, that is, I think it's upwards right now of 400 games alone um we're able to actually with timestamps. if you go to if as an example if you go to front page of arena fan right now it gives you the option to look at the box score of a what, what's the actual term that is being used it says interactive box scores that is correct yeah interactive box scores where you can go into the box score because as of when we are taping this now as an example uh, the box score that pops up is Nashville versus Orlando, Sunday, August 20th, 2000. You go in there, and because this game is is uh, available, you actually can go to the box score, click on the television icon. It will go to the game that, that it is currently on YouTube, and it will actually show you the scoring play. So that feature is would not be we wouldn't be able to do that feature if it wasn't for the internet and having all these games available currently so that currently right now is one of the one of the current the newest features that that that's been a work just getting that stuff entered into the database i would imagine so here's another thing you have on the site here's a poll for the fans if kurt warner had not made it in the nfl would he have eventually won an arena bowl what did you click on um did i vote on that one <laughs> if you would have voted and maybe this is a you can't uh what does it say friends and family of the podcast and the website could not participate but yeah, oh, what would, um would you have said that, yes do i think he would have won an arena bowl yeah i think he would have won an arena bowl i think he would have stayed with with iowa i would would have stayed a contender which they did i think they would have continued stayed a, a powerhouse um yeah i think he would have won an arena bowl but i still think i still think he would have he still would have gotten that NFL shot. We we don't know, you know, what would have happened after 96 or 97. We wouldn't have known. He still could have gone to the NFL. But yeah, I, th- I think he would have won one, at least one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to really compare and everything and it's a different type of game, but uh, NFL Hall of Famer, of course, the natural reaction is to mash that little yes button right there for someone, mm-hmm. you know, of my my status. Uh, speaking of the website, also, we we'd mentioned earlier, there's a Today in AFL History on here. There's, you know, live tweet updates. There's all sorts of things for the fan of the the show here to learn more about the Arena Football League and the history of it. But I think we it's time for us to play another one of those little games, if you don't mind. Mm, sure, sure. Why not? This is going to be more of a, a Mount Rushmore, if you will. We can uh, eliminate Kurt Warner because that's a person that everybody knows about. Give me 
your Mount Rushmore, but I have a couple of rules for you. Okay. It has to be two players, one coach, and one wild card, as in administrator or coach player, whatever you want, except for the founder, because that's an easy gimme too. Okay. Wow. Okay. So two players, a coach. Okay. Um. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And that's tough too with players and so early. That, that that is. You can even twist this to say your personal Mount Rushmore if you wish, like your favorite. Right. It, it's it's still tough. <laughs> it really, really is because you have everything prior to 08 and the and the and the collapse, and then everybody else after that. Um Okay. I think. If I, oh, and this, this, I, actually, I can't believe it took me this long to think this, but, I, you know, coach, and it's tough, but co- uh, coach would be uh, Coach Tim Markham. He started, he won the first champion, he won the first three of four championships, if I remember correctly, three of four championships in the AFL. So he, he has to be there. Um, Players, wow. I gotta be, I think I have to be fair with this one. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Eddie Brown. That's touchdown Eddie Brown, who played for the Albany and then Indiana Firebirds. Position? Uh, uh he played the offensive specialist. So he didn't have to, and, and a lot of people, you know. He didn't have to play both ways. There, there were some other players that people would, would consider better because they played both ways. Um, wow. And even with, uh, you know, quarterbacks, there's, there's so many. That's tough. Only to be able to allow four people. <laughs> <laughs> you can cheat if you want and give a couple of nominations. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there are again. They're just the list is just so large. Um, I, I, I think it deserve there deserves to be a, a quarterback, but again, there's so many. I, I mean, I could put Jay Gruden up there, considering what he meant. For the league, and, and then you know, playing, being a player, and then a coach. Um, I'll put Jay Gruden there because it gives us another coach, so to speak. So, um, then wild card, and as you said, not Jim Foster, and not yeah, Kurt just Wall- like on uh, and, and always not- in sunny Philadelphia. I, I cut the brakes. Wild card. Woo! Yeah. And no, no, and and not Kurt Warner, obviously. Hmm. I think it would be a tie between Gina Nudo, Gina Gene Nudo, and Beer, Bill Nero. I'm, I'm and I'm doing yeah. that, that. I'm doing that on purpose because those two were integral parts in being executives, similar coaches. Um, Gene Nudo, if I remember correctly, coached in one of the uh, uh, pre AFL games. Um, and they were, they became very well-known and very good executives within the league itself. So uh, I'm going to cheat. <laughs> I called a That's friend. Okay. I called a friend and <laughs> you can call a friend. You can do that. I mean, you, like we say, you take the DeLorean back in time and you alter That's the right. timeline. It's tough. Four players. It's like determining cause I saw this meme recently on Facebook. These different tiers of all these NFL quarterbacks. I'm like, no, this guy should be here. This should be, it's tough. And you're just going to four, four alone. <laughs> yeah. That's what the, you know, what brings out a lot of people with sports. And the, that's why those debate shows are so popular. The, what's mm-hmm. it called? Around the horn and all the, all those other ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of those just annoy me. It's like, quit yelling at each other. You know, let's have a conversation versus just yelling about your beating on the let's let, let, let me get off my my uh i, podium I can there. say this if anybody and uh, since you <laughs> you were talking about sort of the you know the the pti thing and stuff like that if anybody were to say the court warner is the best player ever in arena football league history 
they don't know the arena football league. And it's funny because that's probably what would come from most people that have never really been totally watching the arena football league. Cause that's mm-hmm. the guy I know of. in my head. Naturally, I think NFL hall of famer, vice a V NFL greater air quotes again, of course, arena football league. And yeah, I would have said that hands down if someone asked me that, but that's not yeah. fair. So and, you and call me ignorant. What, what, would he be a goat in the AFL? No, no, not even close. You know, my friend, uh, not because of my friend, it's just because I've been able to to know and 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 get to know him, and, and as a not only, I didn't know him as a player, but I knew him as a broadcaster and stuff like that. Um, but Shedrick Bonner, an amazing man, a great player for the Arizona Rattlers. I mean, he is a R- Arizona Rattlers AFL royalty. And they, they uh, he was given a, a nickname by uh, by Irie Wolf, who's a, a very well known longtime broadcaster for the AFL of 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 QB one or Goat thirteen because his number was thirteen. So there, there are many players. Yeah, Kurt Warner. No, as much as he <laughs> is integral to the part of the history of the AFL, g- come at me. <laughs> At me, yeah, come at me, bro. <laughs> that's that's another reason why your show is so important too, because of being able to get AFL history to the masses versus mm-hmm. just maybe someone that was in the moment and everything. Someone like myself that I really I've seen again, just like CFL. I've watched them. It's been on TV, but I've never actually actively participated in following the sport or the the league, I should say. Mm-hmm. And um, that leads me into what I was going to ask you for the last one. The DeLorean question, but now mm-hmm. I I remember there was something to do with Kiss having a football team. Was did the actual band own a team? They, they did. I was actually at the uh, um, I was actually at the press conference where it was announced because it was announced at the Arena Bowl in Orlando. It was Arena Bowl twenty five, if I remember correctly. Arena Bowl twenty five, and it, it was the uh, to be honest with you, it was the you know the worst kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's like any if you knew any anything you knew but big announcement strolling down gene simmons etc etc you know the the band came out carrying their helmet you know no surprise and that you know a- answered questions so yes kiss actually owned a team in the arena football league and they played out of uh out of anaheim did that bring on a lot more casual fans just because of the name or oh, was it of, not that of course of course it <laughs> uh-huh. did. and i think they also did the same thing too when when john elway was uh was part owner of the uh, colorado crush uh, john bon jovi was part owner of the philadelphia soul um you had travis tritt at one point was part owner of the nashville cats um you know, it's so you you had some pretty big names in yeah. music and entertainment owning parts. Uh, you also had, uh, um, oh, I'm trying to remember his name now, but he was part owner of the, of the Las Vegas Outlaws. Um, God, name has totally escaped me. But again, it, it went into that that bowl of. Famous people being part owners of arena football league teams and becoming the face, just like Ron Jaworski did also for the Philadelphia. So he became a huge, uh, huge proponent of the AFL. I can tell you have a passion for the AFL and you have throughout. I mean, of course, (laughs) you've been doing it for so long. (laughs) What if if you had to go back and really soul search what drew you to the arena football league oh i for me i think it is with, with all honesty um as i mentioned before i am a, i am a i was a kid of you know of leagues and logos and 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 it, things just caught my attention that weren't necessarily the norm and I'd never seen a game. I'd heard about the AFL. 
I think I may have seen my first game on late night ESPN, where they've been one of the games that were uh, uh, currently joined in progress games, which happened all the time. Um, and keeping up with the, the, the stats and uh, standings in the USA today, back in the, the late eighties, you know, the, you know, I, I'm a kid who followed the league for all those years, but never saw my first game until the mid nineties. So, but from there, that that's where it started. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad it, I'm glad it did. Cause it's, you know, not everybody caught on, you know, Oh, newspaper. Well, it's not real football. doesn't count. I'm glad you did another one of those easy transitions for me. Cause you gave <laughs> me the, the DeLorean question. I always have to ask the, like the legit DeLorean question where you are going to go back in time for real. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, you're the first guest to have this 1.21 gigawatt. Uh, oh. It's called, it's called out of time energy drink, blue raspberry flavor. It, it was horrible, but it's just cool to have the can. So you're going to go back because you said you didn't go to a game until the, the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. You can go back and you can relive and be there for any game between the beginning and the nineties, which game you go into. I've always said this. Um, I would either go back to the test game in 86, or I would go back to the showcase game. But since I've seen the showcase game on TV, on YouTube, I guess it kind of counts in a way. I was, <laughs> but I think, I, I mean, there are other games too, because you know, you know the internet back then, you know, wasn't what it is. And I had missed games even where I am now. I, I had missed games that I didn't see in the newspaper because it wasn't carried in the local newspaper, the advertising for the game itself. Um, but yeah, back then, uh, a kid of a kid in his teens. Yeah, I, I probably, yeah, I would love to have gone to, to Chicago to see that test game. So we have the test game and then we have all the way to the end. And now you are preserving the history over at arenafan.com and with AFL Rewind. Other than that, any kind of last words of wisdom for the listener of the show regarding the Arena Football League, where they can find you and anything else that you want to talk about? I've always said, and I hope it doesn't get old, but it's... I don't want it to get to get as old as as the catchphrases that uh, Commissioner Baker always used to use when he was commissioner. No matter how much you follow the AFL, um, but whether you were a player, a fan, an executive, a cheerleader, a mascot, everybody is a part of this family. Everybody is a part. Of the, of the hashtag arena football family. Um, it's something that, that cannot be taken away from you. Whether you like the game or not, you're, I think you're, you're, you're going to be a part of this family. And there's always more to learn. I have. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I started AFL Rewind. Because even as a lifer, as I call myself, even though I call myself you know, an ambassador to the league, which we are as fans whether or our media or whatever. Um, there's always something new to learn. So that, that will be that, that is what we're hoping to do with AFL rewind. If you want to follow it multiple places, best thing to do is to head. You can catch us over on our social at uh, AFL rewind, but the best thing to do is to go over to uh, arenafan.com. You can head over to the podcast page there. Or as of recently, you can actually head over to our YouTube page also. That's at youtube.com slash arena fan online. And you'll be able to catch up. Not only, it's funny, not only on some of the uh, some of the archival uh, pods for AFL Rewind, but if you go far enough back, you can actually catch parts of the old a- AFL Rewind. Sorry, the AFL Tonight podcast. Um, other than that, um, it's... I'm hope I'm able to. I hope I never run out of stories. I don't think I ever will. I think it's just a matter of being able to talk to these uh, wonderful people and just to get out the stories to everybody. Did that interview bring back any memories? I mean, Tim shared some history of the AFL, 
But we really only got the, we'll call it the Cliff Notes version of the Cliff Notes. So to get more AFL history, you have to head over to the AFL Rewind podcast over at the Sports History Network, which is sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcasts. And then head over to arenafan.com to learn more about the Arena Football League and everything else they have going on over there, especially that really cool feature. Well, (laughs) we'll call it multiple really cool features. He talked about the interactive box score, but also the on this day in the AFL. We just happened to bring up the one where they had the fight on the field the day that we're recording this. So the day that this is coming out, which is, as he looks at his calendar, it is going to be July 28th, 2021. I wonder what's going to be going on in the AFL during that time frame. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going... We don't need roads. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser-known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Fran Tarkenton and Red Grange. But, have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? How about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform to get podcasts.